is realized, but they put in hours for this. <laughs> hours. I'm like, they're practicing when? They're practicing again? What? I'm like, I, I don't even put in that much time for the whole meeting. Like, they put in hours for this. So, you guys, thank you so, so much. Okay, we're going to kick this. Oh, there we go. Okay, we're going to kick this off. I have a few things to talk about first. That's probably really bad for all of the furniture, but okay. Um, all right. So, Today we're talking about women are wounded. That would be nobody in here, I know. Nobody. But I'm going to ask you, have you ever been so emotionally or spiritually wounded you thought you were going to die? No way. For real? Okay. But you didn't. Do you ever wonder why you get wounded so often but you don't die? Have you ever thought about that? Partly, it's because God heals the wounded. We know that. Psalms 147.3, he heals the brokenhearted and he bandages their wounds. But there might be another reason. Is it possible that the enemy actually prefers you alive and wounded rather than dead? So, the way this whole thing came about, because you might think I like to talk up here, I actually don't at all. I don't. I actually don't mind the talking, it's all the study and research that goes into it, and the typing, and the printing, and just the whole thing. Just, if I had no, if I could, if you just gave me a little card and said, talk on this, and gave me no warning, piece of cake. It's all this that is honestly, I loathe it. I dread it. I, I, it's not, I don't like it. So I try to get lots of amazing speakers up here. And, but this, Andy was having a conversation with Aaron Sanders in our church. I don't know if you guys know him. He's in the military. I don't even know, Kim, where's Kim? Kim, what is he in, army? He's the army. And he's a what? Major. So he's a major in the army, okay? So him and Andy were just having lunch or something, and they start talking about, strategic fighting and military strategies. So then Andy was just telling me these cool stories. And he said, do you know the difference between the way the military trains to fight and the way the police have to train people to fight? I'm like, no, what? So we all know in police, they are trained to shoot to kill immediately. If a gun is drawn, whatever the rules, you, you need to save yourself and defend your people and you shoot to kill if the gun's drawn on you. In the military, do you know that we train our soldiers, we shoot to wound? We don't train them to shoot to kill. Blown away. I mean, am I the only one? Is everybody, he is everybody hearing this? Our military trains our soldiers, shoot to wound, not shoot to kill. Why? Because they're, they're in, so then I said, whoa, 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 because all of a sudden it was just downloading to me, and I'm like, what is happening? So then I said, Aaron, I've got to hear this. i got to meet with you. i got to figure out what you're talking about. So I sat there, and I listened to it, and I'm writing everything down. Okay, so in the military, soldiers are a set of three. It's called, I don't know what's happening. Okay, it's called a fire team. It's a set, everybody eyes on me. Okay, listen to this. You don't want, you don't want to miss this. It's a fire team. It's called a fire team. It's a set of three soldiers. Your job is to make them 
uneffective, ineffective, whatever the proper English is. 70%, and then you basically have taken them out. So the three guys, right? You got women, men, whatever, three soldiers. Okay, if you wound, gotta be politically correct. Okay, so if you wound one, then what happens? One is wounded, one is gonna start doctoring him, and the other is gonna stand guard and protect. You just took out all three people by wounding one. What happens if you just shot the person dead? Oh, buddy, we loved you, bummer, and the two are gonna keep going in battle. They are gonna leave and hopefully get their body back and get them back home and all that, but they're gonna keep fighting. If you shoot and kill, you took out one. If you shoot to wound, you take out three. And the fire team is therefore ineffective. And if you do that enough times, you have just won the war. And all of a sudden, what did God say to me? What do you think he's doing to us? He's not, the enemy is not killing us. He's wounding us. Every single one, it's not, it's not, it's not a prophetic word. It's not rocket science. We, and he's taking out, and our enemy is doing it. And he's taking out 70, he's making us 70% less effective and then winning the war. Because guess what happens? When your feelings are hurt, we'll put it in better, nice spiritual terms. When you are wounded, do you just go by yourself in a quiet little place and just deal with it and get past it and figure it out, as you should probably do? I mean, if there's other things to do, but you know what I'm saying? Oh, no. I forgot my phone up here, but what's the first thing we do? <laughs> to everyone that will listen. And then, of course, we have to get together with people so that they can pray for us. Y'all. That whole thing about just, I need you to pray for me, you know good and well they are busy and they are not praying for you. Let's just call it what it is. You just need an excuse to tell someone what pissed you off. They're not praying for you. How many times when you go to pray for people, I mean, when people ask you for prayer, let's be honest, do you really pray for them? Um, lost their mind. No, I'm talking about praying. I'm talking about interceding. It's... I'd like to say we all do, and we're all good at it, but, but the reality is we kind of probably aren't. So how many people have, does the enemy get to take out when he wounds you? There's somebody doctoring you, then there's somebody looking out, and then there's, of course, you. So three of you are taken out every time your feelings get hurt. Now, I am definitely not making light of wounds. That is not what I'm doing at all. It's just bells, whistles went off when I heard this analogy and realized this is what's happening to us. I will see it at church. Somebody gets hurt and then they go off into a side room and a trail of ants follow them to help them. And that's awesome. I love how connected and how family we are. But at the same time, all those people that went to help you are missing the worship, they're missing the word, they're missing the prayer time, they are missing all the things that maybe they need that day. So it's not that we don't need time to like pour our hearts out. I'm not talking about that, but I can see, I visually see people getting taken out when people are offended. And then that just makes me so angry because I'm like, how are we gonna win a war? 
How are we going to fight when we're wounded and we are, because it's not 100% ineffective. It's seven, when a team is 70% ineffective or the entire army is 70% ineffective, then the leader has to say white flag or whatever retreat, whatever it's called, and he has to get everybody out of there because you're losing. You're going to all be dead. So that is just, oh, okay. I'm not even following these notes. What's the point? Okay. So getting back to, oh, and then there's the wounded soldier. If that wounded soldier doesn't get medical attention, if they don't dig out that bullet, clean the wound, and then let it heal, what's going to happen? If they just try to cover it up or ignore it, what happens? Going to have to cut that leg off? Might even kill him. So what happens to us? if we want to bury that wound. What happens to us? If we don't want to dig it out, we don't want to clean it, it hurts. We don't want to, it gets infected too. It gets sepsis. And then we have to cut it off. Or it might even kill you. Maybe not physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, the same thing. Okay, so how do we take our healing seriously? Because we've got to get healed. It always starts with forgiveness. And forgiveness can start right now, no matter what stage of wounding you are in. If it was a long time ago, if it was last week, or if it was 30 minutes ago when you talked to me or someone else in the room and somebody said, it can start right now. So, God gave me this a few months ago and I was like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, okay, well, I've only got about 10 minutes worth, but no worries, because God will give me the rest. I've got plenty of months. It's getting closer and closer and closer. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I know I've been really busy. I know that like we haven't been having these long conversations all the time, but it's like coming up and I still only have my 10 minutes. And then I realized the reason why he wasn't giving me any more is because the person to talk to us about learning how to forgive is not me. I mean, I'm, I try, but no, it's not me. So, Mary Virginia, would you come on up here? And she was so eager. She was so excited to say yes to me. When she saw me, I said at church, I said, I'm going to get distracted, but I need to talk to you after church. And she knew, and I am really shocked she didn't just walk out the side door. <clears throat> so she knew what was coming, and um, she said yes after I twisted her arm and begged her. She said yes. So we are going to do our first ever interview style. Do we have a microphone for her? You got it. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Are you so excited to be here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, just close your eyes. You won't see them. Oh. oh.
song almost you said. Oh my god. Okay. All right. So first thing I'm gonna say, what I'm very excited about. Don't move that too much because we can hear it. I'm not bossing you around or anything. Okay. How many of you guys? How many of you guys have seen this amazing woman in church, but haven't had a chance to get to know her yet and have been like, I want to get to know her? Okay, this is your very rare opportunity because she's a woman of very few words, but the words that she has are so deep and so weighted and so good. So this is your chance to get to know her. And then after this, I told her, you better be ready and have your schedule open because everybody's going to want to meet with you. And here's a secret. She does not hunt you down. She gives the opportunity. She'd love to meet with you. But if you don't follow up on it, that's on you. And she does. It's okay. She keeps on going. So um, don't feel like you're uh, hounding her or something. Like, you've got to do that. So we'll, that, we'll talk about more about that at the end. But, okay, here we go. So Mary Virginia and Guess what? All of these questions and the way that we're talking, when I go to coffee with her, I literally sit there with my, because I don't remember a darn thing. Um, so I sit there with my notebook and my pen, and I'll ask her questions, and then I'm just writing it down as fast as I can. So the passion and message shop. So here we go. Okay, Mary Virginia, your life passion and message is to help people truly experience healing, the kind of healing that only comes from true forgiveness. It's not the surface, oh, I forgive them. Not the chop down the tree kind of forgiveness, but it's the pull it out by the roots forgiveness. So for you, when did this passion and life message of healing through forgiveness first start for you? Well, first of all, she didn't tell you that when um, she asked me before church if I would speak, and I said no. You know, I've said no a couple of times, and so... I finally said, okay, I'll do it. And um, the whole time through church, I sat there going, how can I get out of this? Because I've already said yes, but I got to figure out how to say no, you know, because I'm just not a person that likes to sit in front of a bunch of women and talk about life, you know. I like to do one-on-one -on -one because that way I can see what's going on in your spirit and what God has in my spirit to impart to you. Uh, it all started uh, in the early 70s when my husband left me with three children. And um, we had a trucking company and uh, I signed all the checks. Well, he closed the account. So one day uh, these policemen came to the the auto parts machine shop that I worked at and um, handcuffed me and took me to jail and booked me on a felony. Uh, done some doing things like I'd never been in trouble. So um, they strip searched me and uh, that was uh, very humbling. But um, I had one phone call and I called my boss and asked him how my children were doing because he had them. He said he'd take care of them until I got out. So. Uh, I just went back to the cell. They put me in this one cell where there was a, a whole lot of people, but there was no place for me, and I had to sit on the floor. And then all these women were talking in Spanish, but I didn't let them know that I knew how to talk Spanish. And um, <laughs> I knew what they were saying. They said, oh, yeah, I remember our first time and all of this. And I mean, I was just, I was broken. 
And um, God knew that's where he had to get me because um, I'm strong and an in-charge person and um, he had to take me to the, to the pits. So as I sat there, I asked this lady that was there, you know, what happens? And she, because they took me to another cell. And she said, well, you just go before the night magistrate. They'll either assign you a lawyer and they'll get you out at night or, you know, you'll get out tomorrow. And I thought, oh, my God, you know, my kids are going to be sleeping at somebody else's house or whatever. So I had an aunt that uh, had come and visited me from Dallas a few weeks before. I'm named after her. She's Virginia and I'm Mary Virginia. And uh, she started telling me about Jesus. Well, I've, I was born and raised a Catholic, you know, and that's... Uh, she was in that Jesus movement. She had become one of those Jesus freaks. And I thought, well, poor Virginia, you know. But I listened to her anyway. So when I was in jail, I remembered one thing she said to me. She said, you know, you don't have to wear the beads off the rosary. You can just have a relationship with the Lord and talk to him just like you're talking to me. And I thought, okay, God, if this is real and that's true, then get me the hell out of here. You want me in my mouth or what? <laughs> Okay, so um, eight hours later, I was, I was out on a personal recondence, which I had no clue. So that's where it started. From there, I visited my aunt in Dallas, got baptized in a, in a swimming pool, and God brought me back to San Antonio and put me in a, a, a church, uh, one of those pew-jumping churches, and uh, I stayed there for quite a few years. And, that's where my forgiveness process started. All right. Next. Once your life of forgiveness began, what did it look like? Well, it was tough. <laughs> I mean, you have three kids. Um, okay, all right. I had three kids, um, no income. I mean, I was making $75 a week at the auto parts machine shop. I was part of a pit crew that uh, went to the races every week and um, always took my kids with me. Um, when my husband left, he took the car and uh, never gave me any money. I had a friend that let me have this one-bedroom apartment where me and my three children lived. And uh, I rode a bike back and forth to work. I, um, I worked three jobs. Um, auto parts machine shop. Uh, I worked at the uh, 7-Eleven at night. I had somebody watching my kids at night. And then I umpired a game, so that's how I made my cash to feed my kids. Uh, we, um, we had many nights where we sat at a table that was empty and trust that God would bring food. Um, I had to deliver some parts one night. and I don't know, there used to be this fish place that the kids liked. and. We were driving to deliver the parts, and they said, oh, Mom, smell that fish, and it just broke my heart because I had nothing, you know. I said, well, just thank Jesus for the food that he's going to bring us. So I delivered the part, and as I was backing out, this guy came out, and he said, hey, my wife made too much fish tonight. Would you like to take some home for you and your family? And, you know, God does that over and over and over again. So I, I, I just sold out, and I said, you know, this is it. This is my life. So, since 1972, I've been on this roller coaster ride. Sometimes good, sometimes not so good. Sometimes God says, take a right and I take a left, you know. But um, the one thing that He showed me is um, 
when my um, husband left me, my cousin was living with us because uh, she was in an abusive marriage, and so I brought her and her three kids into the house, and so they had an affair, and um, I found out after we had separated and all, and this was all new to me, and in those days, back in the 70s, you know, you didn't have cell phone or anything like that, so my aunt would send me tapes, you know, cassette tapes, and she sent me a tape on forgiveness, and I listened to that tape, and um, then God said that I needed to forgive my ex-husband and my cousin. And I thought, well, that's ridiculous. I mean, you know, they're the ones that did the stuff, you know. But he says, well, how do you want to live? And how do you want your heart to be? That's a tough place. I mean, you know, I was like, uh, I don't want to do this. But I do want to live with the Lord. And so, um, he had me call her and tell her that I knew what was going on and that, um, that if I did anything to cause them to do that, to forgive me. But I wanted her to know that I forgave her. And so I thought, well, there it is, I did it. It's done, it's over with. And God said the next day, call her again. And I thought, she's gonna think I'm nuts, you know. Well, she did, but I called her five days in a row. And on the fifth day, there was a freedom beyond understanding that uh, my heart was clean and I was free. You know, I could have lived there. I could have been pissed off the rest of my life. I could have, um, absolutely, but I could have this grudge and see what happens to us is we carry that and then somebody else does something to us and then we, that thing grows, and as it grows, it turns into a tumor, and as it turns into a tumor, it affects your whole bloodstream and your whole body. So the biggest thing um, to understand is that uh, forgiveness is a choice. So, you know, if it doesn't happen, it's no big deal. You're still going to get to heaven. But uh, how do you want to live here? You know, and I, I can tell you from experience that um, once you go through this forgiveness process and understand it and get the true forgiveness, I've just chopped the tree down. Everybody can chop the tree down by saying, oh yeah, you know, I forgave that person. And I always ask a couple more questions that really people don't like that, but the questions I ask is to dig deeper and find out what the root is. So pulling out those roots um, what happens is we've hung on to that for such a long time, it comes a part of us. And if we pull it out, we kind of think, well, who am I now? <laughs> because that's owned me. But once you get the freedom, it doesn't own you. Yeah. Um, the, we are going to heaven, but how do you want to live while you're still here? I had to write that one down. I've written it down before, but I had to write it down again. All right, and the last one. It's no secret we are all wounded. It's a room full of women. We're all wounded. To keep the enemy from winning and not taking us out, how do we, 
Well, that's the challenge. Because, you know, <laughs> I wish there was. You know, it's, um, it's taking charge of who you are and uh, what you want to allow to. The Lord showed me a long time ago, I tried to get my ex-husband to have a relationship with my children, but he never would. And God showed me one day, he says, you know, this is your children and you will have to stand and he will have to stand before me and answer to me, what have you done with the gifts I've given you? And so the thing is, is that we have a choice and we can choose to go through the painful process of forgiveness or we can choose to hang on to the grudges and anger and bitterness and hatred and uh, be miserable. So it's just a choice. And trust me, if you don't do it, you know, I've talked to people before that don't like my process, and that's okay. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Because one day they're going to meet another Mary Virginia, and she's going to put them in the same place, you know, and ask them the same questions to try to pull those roots out and bring freedom into your life. So that's all we had written down, but one's come. And she's so good off the cuff, I'm not even worried about it. But when, so you've met with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people over this. Can you see a difference when someone is willing to go through the different processes to get actually healing and to forgive versus someone that's not, I know you can just see it a mile away, but like what are some of the, what is the, like comparing an apple and an orange, what is the difference between the two? Well, when I meet with someone, um, I just have a few questions to ask. And when I ask them and, uh, you know, first of all, it's the humbling experience to have to call me anyway, because people think that I'm yes, scared. <laughs> they, <laughs> they're scared of me or something, but, yes. you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to um, disown that because uh, I appreciate it because it keeps people away from me. But. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when somebody calls, that makes me believe that they're, they're interested in getting rid of this heaviness, this anvil that they've been carrying around them. And um, I'm sold out because I'll walk however 24 hours a day with a person. I mean, I have people that will call me at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning ready to commit suicide or overdosing on drugs or whatever. And um, I appreciate that. I mean, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of that. So when somebody calls, I'm going to help. But when they call me, I believe that they want help. And watching them and giving them certain little bitty assignments. I mean, they're not major assignments. They're just like get into your your prayer closet and have um, a time with the Lord where you can forgive your ex-husband. And they're going, I ain't doing that, you know. He's such a jerk, he's a whatever, yeah. So he is, he's all of that, but if this is the first person God's brought up that, you wanna, that he wants you to deal with, you either deal with him or I can't help you. And to watch that process and they go ahead and do it not because I said it, but because I said it. 
and they go into their prayer closet and spend that time with the Lord. And uh, I watched them grow. And I have a person I walked with for a year, and I cannot tell you uh, how many times that I thought she was going to just turn away because she just got tired of hearing my same old story. But uh, she's still alive and well today and walking with the Lord. So you can survive your therapies and methods? Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> All right. Um, that was amazing. Thank you. Is there anything else or you want to be done? Oh my gosh, what do I say now? Okay, give me something good. Okay, all right, ladies, like always, we this is now when we kind of talk around the table, and there's a few things I goofed on, because, you know, I'm like in the middle of moving and 80,000 other things going on. Um, one of them is normally I, we have them all printed for everybody to have a copy. Nope, just your table leader has a copy tonight, because that's about all I'm capable of printing is, is on black and white paper and, and just one for a table leader. Second... Um, I'll give you a little bit more info after, but we were going to have a QR code, which again, I'm busy and that one goes whoo, along with the salad I was supposed to buy. But um, because Mary Virginia does have two books, and this is not a commercial for her books, but like it is, they're actually super, they're very thin and they're easy to read. And we have some over here as our giveaway prizes. But if you don't win the giveaway prizes, we want you to be able to get those. So since I forgot the QR code, they're on Amazon, but also you're just going to have to call her, get the link for the book. But honestly, we'll get the links. We can get it to you guys somehow, some way. But anyway, so we're going to take a few minutes, talk amongst your table, and your table leader has the questions. Visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.